Blessed be the Holy Trinity in the undivided unity. Let us give glory to him because he has shown mercy to us. As Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost are natural to celebrate for Christians, so there needs to be a way to wrap things up, you could say. The Sunday we come to today invites us to celebrate and honor the Holy Trinity. The only true God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God's triune name flows throughout the church's liturgical worship. It's always wrapped around you when you step into the presence of word and sacrament. It's designed for that purpose, to give glory to God. You did it this morning. At the beginning of the service, in the name of no other name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You again had it at the end of the psalm that we always say, we give praise, glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Confessing the three creeds ultimately draws the whole church into the unity of the triune God upon our lips for our lives. Trinity Sunday will become more necessary, you must know this, to set apart for churches. In a recent report this year from, I think, February 2021, 88% of Americans hold to a dominant worldview, which means it's how they look at all life, that is what we call syncretistic. It means most do not have a consistent worldview shared about life. Mixing and matching is the ideal way we like to live since all respects of life are choices for the individual. This is nothing new per se, but a distinct divide is forming. Those in their mid-50s and below have beliefs sharply divergent than ever before. For instance, the younger generations are more likely to trust horoscopes for guidance think that God is not involved in life, he's at a distance, how karma can be of value. And, of course, not too shocking, the Bible is not the accurate word of God. These things can be hard to hear, and I bet even more knowing that it's difficult as you live that out in your lives and in your relationships with others from day to day. 
However, God has brought his witness by the gospel. And St. John, you here today, invites us to share in that. The triune God is the saving God, whereby faith in his love is the mystery now made known. So being aware of God's love is a good thing, but the greater mystery of love is in God. Nicodemus spoke with Jesus at night, and he made a big claim. You are a teacher. Come from God. The signs that Jesus did aligned with other miraculous acts of the prophets in the Old Testament. Okay? And so Nicodemus had enough humility to come and confess that before Jesus, not with everybody else, but he still came. Because he had, Nicodemus had some humility towards God in the ways God works. And Psalm 145 says it pretty good. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. However, Jesus brought love more than respect for prophetic actions that he did because Jesus told him straight out, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This caused confusion on how to do a redo on life because you know you can't do that. Life is as it's come to you, been given. But Jesus was revealing the great mystery of love that night, a love that is in God and literally standing in the flesh before Nicodemus. Glimpsing into the natural process of a life that we do so well today with microscopes and computers still does not remove God giving it as a gift. You can argue all day long about the natural way life comes to be, but to remove God is to remove the fact that life is a gift, and God is the giver. Instead of focusing first on our seeing, though, we must consider what God sees about life. He comes as the creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Plenty can be aware of God's love, like with the love of my garden. I planted the seeds, we had some rain in Wabash, and guess what? Wham, bam, I have my garden grown in less than almost a week. Unheard of for my growing skills. And yet, we can also experience God in some other ways in life we not necessarily know or even expect. But this is not the same as what has come to us by his holy word. Human reason, you must understand, our thinking is out of control today. Having little humility, even denying its own sinful capacity that we have, that we're captive in our thinking, as if we can free ourselves and think our way out of it. And that thinking has even denied the right for God to speak at all. It only proves 
frankly, what St. Paul already says in 1 Corinthians. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. So, to say then, I believe in the Holy Trinity binds us to Scripture. And so Luther declares, we truly follow a lamp lit by God himself. Our reason, however, is blind and unable to see such great things. To be born again, or you can also translate it, born from above, is the mystery of love from the triune God, a work of God in man by the word. And so Jesus discloses the mystery that the will of God's love is life by his spirit. Nicodemus knew how God's spirit, he was an Old Testament guy, scholar, Pharisee, and he knew that God's spirit hovered the waters at the beginning of creation, but just gave the new, me- the new way of God's work. He says, born of the spirit, enter the kingdom of God. Baptism was not a symbol, but the work of God's spirit. And at that time, Jesus, guess what, was directing Nicodemus to who? John the baptizer. John's mission concluded God's Old Covenant law with Israel. And how did God's Old Testament covenant law conclude? By calling all to repentance and baptism to trust in the coming Messiah, the Savior. This work achieved by the Spirit to be born again out of water was new life as mysterious as God's will for creation. Nicodemus had to see, he had to recognize the necessity in baptism was for God to do the work. Because man was in sinful captivity and not able to change a single thing on how man would see Jesus. Isaiah saw that clarity, though, didn't he? When he saw God and all his holiness, he saw what he said today. It was very colorful. Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And so by, only by his death and resurrection did Jesus make the heavenly things promised by the gospel, the things that you and I can't reach or even grasp with all our skill and power, Jesus, by his death and resurrection, made those heavenly things to be of earthly benefit. Water and the Spirit were still the same, but Jesus, as Lord and Savior, made a new covenant, right? Right? out of life. You could even say it's for life. And he tied it to God's triune name. You remember how it goes, right? He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Since saving faith is a gift, a gift received of love from the greater mystery of the Trinity, there is no real conflict with baptism of adults or children. The reason and will of adults can quickly turn against faith in God just as children need to learn of God in his word of life or their faith will die. God loves life. And from Jesus, it comes to us in full. We know this with forgiveness for all good, better good than you could ever do, whatever great good any man could do. It comes and flows from Jesus with all good for you. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. It's walking and doing good things that maybe an atheist can do good things too, like feed the poor and show charity. But these good things that flow out of you come because God forgives you today. And he's poured that out, a promise upon you for certain in your baptism to live in that forgiveness and certainly to do good. But you're never going to get better than forgiveness and God keeps giving. The mystery of the Trinity belongs to God's love. And we know the final, ultimate answer. That love being lifted up for all in Jesus. There is no diagramming or explaining the unsearchable truth of God to Nicodemus. He didn't get out his chart, right, and try to figure it out for him. It'd be a mess. Jesus simply preached redemption. As God always gave it, like with Moses lifted up a serpent before adulterous Israel for their life, to hear and to see, except the Son of Man had the greater glory for all to trust in his sacrifice. The task was to take hold of humanity's fallen flesh by his death in our place, and we know how this is known. Lifted up by the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, as the one and only Son, reveals the triune God, but the mystery is in the love he gives for our salvation, a love that in our age we think we know love. You do not know love. But God is love, and he's given it in full in his son. A syncretistic people will never cease tinkering with spirituality. We're going to end up messing around with spirituality almost as much as you change your clothes from day to day with different ways you want to dress. But when Christ is lifted up, we have the answer. God sets before the whole world and before you. Peter made this known on Pentecost. You heard it today before the crowd. And he preached, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you've crucified. 
What is made known now in the sacrament of the holy altar is Christ dwelling to make our unclean lips holy and for us to proclaim then the Lord's death until he comes. The mystery of God as Trinity calls us to bear up a holy witness in life to the saving God before a world that is filled with lifeless idols. The world is very much a dead place. Don't ever forget that without the God who redeems the dead by the life given in Jesus for us all. God who loves this world in Christ has stepped into our sin, death, and sufferings and is able to lift any up with his deliverance and that is for you all your days and it's to be given to others they do not deny or die apart from God in the gift of the gospel Solomon shares some interesting wisdom in Proverbs right and I think this is a one I stumbled upon this week that I think is quite helpful the name of the Lord is a strong tower The righteous man runs into it and is safe. As we honor this weekend soldiers giving up their lives to uphold freedom with much of a cost, how much more honor is there to be to the true God, freely making the greatest sacrifice? And you'll never realize the cost. Because he didn't ask us to pay the debt. But he gives it to all in Christ. The triune God is the saving God, whereby faith in his love is that mystery now before a sinful world. And thank God for the freedom we have still in this country to make that known. Amen. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen.